We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Talking Buffalo, your weekday daily driver for Buffalo Sports Talk and more. My name is Patrick Moran. Thank you as always for listening, for watching, for following, subscribing. Appreciate you all. Uh, I'm excited about today's episode. I don't often get a chance to have somebody in the Buffalo sports media on this show for the first time, but this is going to be one of those episodes today. I'm joined right now by Sarah Holland from WIBB TV Channel 4 in Buffalo. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing good. And we talked for about a whole 30 seconds before <laughs> we started rolling the camera and the recorder here. This is literally our, our first conversation ever. And I'm uh, I'm excited about that. This is today's episode, more about an opportunity to get to know more about you, your your life, your career just 22 years old, correct? 23. 23, 23 now, 23. Yep, 23 now. <laughs> 23 years old, and you're already cooking here in the Buffalo mainstream uh, with, with sports media or Channel 4. It's, it's really cool. Kind of want to go back to the beginning a little bit. So I looked up your bio. I know you played softball. We're going to get there as well, too, because I think that's really interesting. But um. When I looked at your bio, before we even get into your life, your story, I, I got to say this right off the bat. You, your favorite TV show is The Office. Okay. I think, was that, my, are you looking at my, my was, work? Yeah. No, no UB. Not, UB bio. Okay. So that was ages ago. It has changed. Um, it was The Office probably when I was a freshman, sophomore. Definitely, mm -hmm. definitely changed. But I, I love the show. Um, but it's not my favorite anymore. That was a while back. Okay, so old school was the office. That's my favorite show, man. I could probably spend this entire podcast just talking about uh just talking about the office. So now you're in Buffalo, but you're actually from Virginia, but you've yeah. always had a Buffalo connection. Elaborate on that. Yes. So my mom grew up in Hamburg, uh, born in Boston, but was raised in Hamburg. She went to Hamburg High School, had uh three siblings. Um, so my grandpa taught at UB. Um, he was, he, it's so confusing. They still try to explain it to me, but in the medical field somewhere, um, not to, 
uh, familiar with what exactly he did, but um, he, he loved Buffalo. He grew up a Bills fan, Sabres fan. Um, so yeah, it was it was great to eventually make my way back here. How um how did your mom, if you don't even know this story, how did your mom? Because your mom was born in, in Hamburg, mm -hmm. but you were born in Virginia. How did you end up in Virginia? So my mom went to U UNC, University of North Carolina. Okay. She Escape the snow. So she went down south um, and my grandparents bought a beach house in the Outer Banks. And then so she went down south and ended up getting a job in Washington, D.C. Uh, when she was young, I think back in maybe the 80s, 90s, and then met my dad in D.C. Um, they worked together for a little bit. So I grew up right outside of Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia area. So that's how they kind of got over there. Do you know where uh, Chant Chantilly, Virginia is? Yeah. Yep. I live probably 20 minutes away from Chantilly. Wow. Yeah. So my, my sister and my mother both live in Chantilly, uh, Virginia. No way. Yeah. Yeah. They've been there <laughs> probably for, probably for a good that's decade. So now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so close to where I grew up. So what were some of the things that you were into as a kid growing up? I know you played softball. We'll talk about that for a few minutes. That kind of is was a vehicle to, to get you to Buffalo in a way anyway, but talk about besides softball, like some of the things that you grew up doing, things like that. Yeah. I mean, I loved sports so much. I was a, I was a full on tomboy when I was little basketball, roller, roller hockey, whatever you want. Um, but you know, and of, co of course softball, I pretty much my entire life was spent the week at school, the weekends at a tournament somewhere. That was my life growing up, but I guess outside of sports, um, there wasn't too much. Uh, I feel like, again, as a as a child, I was pretty active, but I have an amazing sister and we're so close. So um, we did a lot together. And like I said, we were very fortunate um, that my grandma owns a beach house in the Outer Banks. We spent so much time there growing up, too. So like all my cousins, we'd all go down there. We're all based in the northern Virginia area, which is awesome. So we're super close. Um, and we just go down there a couple times a year, spend a couple weeks there. And it's the best. Those are the best, I guess, childhood memories that, you know, I had growing up. So you go to Dominion High School, you become a softball star there. I know you were a captain there for a year. I read that in your story. Mm -hmm. Before we get to softball and you going to UB and why you chose to go there, talk about like, so what you're doing today, yeah. you know, being a sports reporter and an anchor, was that something when you were a young child that you were always interested in? It's always been fascinating to me, uh, the path that certain people take to get to the sports media because it's littered in so many different ways. Some people, when they're little kids, they've known that that's what they want to do with their life. Other people, they had no idea that this was the field that they would want to get into when they got older and then maybe something clicked and yeah. you know the bell went off in their head and they said, this is something that I want to pursue. Like, When did you first get an inkling that being in sports and broadcasting was something that was of interest to you? I would say it was honestly middle school for me. Um, not so much the broadcasting and maybe reporting side. I knew I wanted to do something with sports. I was a huge Caps fan growing up. And honestly, my love for DC sports led me to think that, you know, I don't care what I do after college. I just want it to be in sports. Um, and so for a long time, I thought it was maybe sports psychology because I loved learning about the mental side, especially playing softball growing up. That's such a mental game. That's half the battle, right? So I thought that's maybe what I wanted to go into. And then high school, I my mom was like, maybe you should see about taking like a journalism class, maybe writing about sports. So I joined our high school newspaper. Um, 
and I was interested only in sports. So uh, my my teacher then, he was great. He was kind of trying to push me a little bit into other things. And I was like, nope, I just, I only want to do sports. Um, so I got to write a little bit about the Washington Nationals and the Capitals and our high school team sports. Um, and soon I realized, hmm, I don't really love too much of the writing aspect, but I think it'd be so interesting to learn more about it on camera. <clears throat> so I loved Aaron Andrews growing up, like I'm sure many women in this industry sure. have. So um, really, I would say at the end of high school is when I started to realize, okay, I think I want to do something on camera with sports. Well, wanting to do something and being good enough to do it are, are two different things. <laughs> Did you kind of, was, was it something that came naturally for you? Do you feel like, like being in front of a camera and being able to talk? Because that's a skill that not everybody has, and it's not always necessarily even learned. Sometimes you either have it or you don't. Yeah, no, um, definitely. I would not say it came natural. I remember my first couple reels um, that I posted on YouTube. I bought a, an Amazon tripod that my phone microphone that didn't work half the time, uh, you know, a ring light that was terrible. And I looked like a deer in headlights when I got on camera. But I knew that I knew that it didn't come natural to a lot of people in the field. So I just needed to keep getting reps and reps and reps. And that's what I was also told by, you know, a lot of people in the industry. So that's what I did. And I just kept uh, working at it. And then I think over time I got a little bit more comfortable and then, yeah, I just, I worked on voice inflection. I watched a lot of videos of broadcasters that I admired and sort of noticed what I liked from the way that they presented themselves and sort of applied it uh, to what I do today. Let's talk circle back a little bit to the softball part because yeah. mm -hmm. I, I think this part is cool maybe you won't talk yourself up but I, I will because i know this much without having actually physically ever seen you play softball i could tell people watching or listening you don't go to a d1 school and play softball if you don't got a lot of talent you know what i mean it's it's one thing to to go to school and play at a at a community college or or a lower level but to play at ub that means you you had some talent there's no question about that like when you were playing softball as a kid, when did you realize that, hey, man, I'm I'm a good softball player. I might be able to play at relatively high levels growing up. I think maybe middle school. Um, I was playing both basketball and softball and I loved both sports and I had a hard time deciding which one I knew I wanted to play a sport in college. And my parents were like, you got to pick one. Right. So um, I think my love for softball just was this much more than basketball at the time. Um, and I wasn't super tall. So maybe my parents were like, softball is probably the better sport for you. But um, I had a best friend growing up who played college softball as well. And we were on every single team growing up, except for high schools. We actually played at rival high schools, but we played on the same travel team growing up all the way up until we went to college together. And we just loved it. Like I have so many memories of we drove together. Um, we would drive together from, you know, our little suburbs in Virginia and go all the way up to the city and, you know, take the highways and everything during rush hour. And our parents would be freaking out, but we like loved it. Cause we would, we would do that stop at McDonald's before practice or something. And like, it was it some of those best memories I have is spent with my teammates growing up and just getting to travel all over the country. Um, but I feel like it was definitely middle school that I started to realize, okay, I want to play in college. And nowadays you have to start so early with the recruiting process that by like freshman year, you're already getting coached on, okay, how am I going to approach these college coaches? And when am I going to figure out what I want to do in college and where I want to go? So definitely middle school, I feel like was 
was when I started to realize that. What you just said is why I always, you know, I talk to so many people who, who have kids or, or will have kids someday. And I'm like, I think it is so important for, for kids to play anything, whatever it is that they want to do, whether it's football, baseball, hockey, volleyball, don't even have to be sports, yeah. art, music, course, mm -hmm. whatever it may be to be involved in something. Because I just asked you a question about when you knew that you were good at a specific sport and you, and you got to that. But what I really liked about that, and this is the reason why I hammered this point home, you spent a lot of time talking about the great memories that you had, a friend that you played with, going to McDonald's before practice, the, the trips around tournaments and stuff around the country. Those kind of memories that you take with you, I think are a big reason why people should be involved in a sport, whether they're great at it, whether they're not great, uh, building chemistry with teammates, bonding, discipline, all those stuff, like all those things like that. I So that was a really good answer. And that's kind of what I was looking for. So yeah, no, I, I feel like too, when you think about it, when I ended my career and I decided to hang up my cleats, it was something that was so tough for me. But when I look back, like I remember all of the tournaments, the sleepovers in the hotel rooms with my teammates, the memories that we made in between games, um, much more than the wins and losses, right? Like I don't remember what tournaments we won, what we, what our record was when we finished it. But I remember all of the girls, um, that I, you know, again, my, my best friend today is the girl that I met when I was six years old and we were playing a uh, little league together. So yeah, you meet so many great people and it's brought so many, you know, great coaches and, and, and just great memories into my life. So that is so cool. All right. So, you, so you're, you're raised in Virginia, you got your hometown Buffalo connections here. What led to you deciding to go to the university at Buffalo to, to attend school, to play yeah. softball? Was that an easy decision for you? Were there other schools that you were considering? What was that process like? So the recruiting process can be really, really tough on athletes. Um, for me, it was just about, you know, getting a scholarship. That was my biggest thing. It was um, just needing some, obviously wanting some help for my parents and everything. So sure about getting a scholarship and UB offered me the biggest scholarship out of all the schools that I was looking at. I really wanted to go to a school in the Northeast. I grew up obviously in Virginia and I grew up a huge hockey fan. So I really wanted to go to a city. I remember telling my parents, I want to go to a city where they have professional sports teams and they love hockey. Like that's what I wanted to do. And my parents were like, Hmm, okay, <laughs> that might be a little difficult. Um, but yeah, we went up. I remember my travel coach at the time said, Hey, we had some interest from the university at Buffalo. Would you want to, you know, schedule a, a meeting to go up there and meet the coaches and everything? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'd love that. So, um, my dad and I drove up, I remember. Um, and it was my second time to Buffalo. Actually, the first time I'd ever been was for my 16th birthday. All I wanted to do was see the caps play an away game. And we are going to go to the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. And my dad was like, the tickets at Scotiabank are outrageous. Let's see if they're playing in Buffalo. They were playing in Buffalo a couple of days before they played the Maple Leafs. So we went to Key Bank Center in 2016, I believe it was, um, and then drove up to the Hockey Hall of Fame. But that's besides the point. So that's the first time I ever went to Buffalo. Came back for a camp at UB. And I love the campus. I know it's, it's probably not the prettiest campus to uh, many people out there, but it felt like home. I met some of the girls on the team then they were so nice and um, everyone in the athletic department was just so awesome to talk to. So what's it like playing uh, a D one sport, you know, at a higher level, mm -hmm. not so much even just the sport, but practice um, being able to balance practice with in games and just being on the team 
with school. I know for some people are like, oh, but that, that could be a hard thing to do, being able to balance playing sports and your education at a college D1 level. Yeah, it was tough. Um, I will say that, of course, my freshman year of college too, COVID happened in our spring semester, what was supposed to be my first softball season. Um, it was tough though, the fall, it was a lot of just learning how to balance my classes um, with playing. Thankfully, softball is obviously not a fall sport, so I didn't have to miss much class. Um, and I had, you know, when you're a freshman, you're living in the dorms. You, I think we had 11 girls in my recruiting class. So I was surrounded by so many girls that were going through the same thing that I was doing, which is one thing I will say I miss. I miss so much about UB softball was just the connection all of us had on the team. It was so great. But um, yeah, like my best friends again, till this day, I was freshman with in the dorm. So we would do everything. We'd go to class separately. We would go to practice, practice for three to four hours, lift. We'd go get, you know, our food at the dining hall. We would stack our plates because we were starving. And then we would go take a nap. And then we'd meet up for study hall later. Like that was our everyday routine. I think it made it easier um, because when you're an athlete, you sort of have that connection and you have all those resources to make sure UB does a great job with making sure that, you know, you have the help that you need in study hall, tutors, whatever. Um, and so I think that's what made it really easy was I had 10 or 11 girls with me all doing the same thing. Was it it's still a little bit of culture shock, you know, going from living at home, growing up, you know, as a kid mm -hmm. in Virginia, and then now you're on your own to an extent anyway, yeah. in another state that's only vaguely familiar and you're, you're close enough to, that you could get home when you need to, but you're still far enough away that it's, you're far away. Yeah, no, I think when I was a freshman, um, I was finally excited to leave my house. I'd lived with my parents for 18 years. I was like, I get to be on my own freedom. And that was really exciting. My, my freshman year, my, at least my first semester. Um, and you know, I was living with a couple Canadians, so they were even further away from home. One was from Toronto, so she was pretty close. And then one was from Buffalo. So I kind of got a little bit of a mix of like, okay, I'm not the farthest girl, which helped me a little bit with like in any homesickness, but I will say the snow definitely shocked me my freshman year. Cause in Virginia, we would have school canceled. If there was a threat of snow, two inches threat, we're done for two days. And I remember, I, I remember this so clearly. I woke up one day out of my dorm, looked outside. It was like three feet of snow. I was like, yes, practice is probably canceled. School's probably canceled. And my roommate, she was like, she was from upstate New York. And she was like, no, that's not how it works here. And I looked and I was like, oh my God, the roads are already plowed. The sidewalks are plowed. And I was like, wow. Uh, so I think the, the biggest thing from my freshman year was definitely just getting used to the weather. That was a big thing. Um, but I did get to see my parents a couple months in. They flew when we had, um, I think it was homecoming weekend for the football team. So it was so great to get to see them. And yeah, no, I, I, I definitely think it was just, we had so many girls from all over the world. So it was definitely, it was nice to bond together when we did get, you know, homesick at any time. So yeah, for sure. You know, you're, you're with a bunch of people who are kind of experiencing the thing, same thing, at least to some extent. Right. Uh, that you are, you know, that's funny about the weather. My mother tells me that all the time too, in Virginia, if it snows at all, it shuts down. It's because a people aren't used to it, but more importantly, B, which you learn being in Buffalo is the snow removal, being able to salt the streets and stuff like that. The trucks, the equipment that places that snow all the time, you know, Buffalo has that where Virginia yeah, places like that. Have the resources to, to do yeah, it. Right. Yeah. Right. So you take uh digital communications and media at mm -hmm. UB when do you feel like you started to get serious? Are like you talked about, you know, putting some reels together and stuff like that. At what point while you were at UB, did you decide to 
to really start taking it serious, pursuing what you're doing today? Yeah. So definitely sophomore year. Cause like I said, end of freshman year, COVID happened. It was, you know, we all go home, didn't come back for months. So I would say the beginning of my sophomore year, I was actually, I, you know, had gotten with UB athletics and I told them like, I really want to be on camera. Is there any way I could, you know, do anything? And they were great. They immediately helped me out. Um, they, I did a couple of like two minute drills, I think is what we called them with some of the, the football players. And that was my very first time on camera. I have some of those videos saved and I was looking at them the other day, just laughing. Cause I, again, I looked like so scared to even talk, but, um, I think it was my sophomore year of the summer. I remember being like, I really need to take advantage of, you know, what UB has to offer. Um, and so that's really when I started to, to get into it. And you had a couple internships that I know of. One of them, Syracuse.com. Like yes. I have a shout out Matt Perino. That's my yes. boy, man. Um, let's talk about those internships and, and, and what you learned from them and how they kind of help prepare you for, for what you're doing today, which one of them was at Channel 4 as well, correct? Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember it was, again, the summer going into my sophomore year after COVID. I remember we were quarantining at my at my grandma's beach house. Um, dream come true, getting to spend quarantine there. But I remember actually DMing Matt Perino and being like, hey, Matt, you know, I'm a student at UB. I would love to, if you had any opportunities, um, I know you were on a podcast, whatever. If you, if you had any internships or knew of anything coming up for the fall semester, I would love to help out. And he got back to me and was, you know, great. Matt is, Matt was one of the guys that, you know, one of the first people I met that really helped facilitate my career into what it is today. And he immediately gave me an opportunity as a college student um, to help out behind the scenes with the shout um, podcast with him and Ryan. It was great. He gave me my first opportunity to have something on camera that was talking about the bills. Um, so I'll always be grateful for Matt and Ryan for that. So, um, yeah, that was an amazing opportunity. And then I had a couple of, you know, Western New York athletics. I reached out to them, did some, uh, sideline reporting, ringside reporting for them. So that was great for my reel. And then I think it was the spring of my my sophomore year, my junior year. Um, and I interned at channel four and I was under Mary Margaret, um, who was a digital sports reporter at yep. the time. And she led me through the entire internship, helped me create my reel and gave me so many tips and pointers. Heather Prusak was working there at the time too. Um, so it was great to have, you know, Heather and Mary Margaret sort of as um, my mentors throughout that time. They helped me so, so, so much, even with, you know, little things, makeup, hair, how to appear on camera and stuff that maybe you don't get taught. Um, they helped me with that. So I think those were, I think those were all the internships that I had throughout college um, that sort of helped me get to where I am today. You mentioned Mary Margaret. She was on the show before. I love her. She one of, one of my favorite people. And obviously Matt, Matt and Ryan, Matt's a good dude too. And like I said, it's kind of feels full circle to me. I remember when he first, cause he was in Vegas and he came back to Buffalo and he came in the summer of, of July of 2018 and literally got thrown right into the fire, yeah. right at Bill's uh, training camp uh, right away. That's really cool. All right. So you talked about playing softball and ultimately what, what went into the decision to ha hang up the cleats, as you said? Yeah. Um, there was a lot of things, honestly, I think for me, it was just the long-term <clears throat> view of my career. And I knew that I really wanted to get an internship. I knew that I wanted to kind of prioritize my focus. I knew that after college, I wasn't going to play softball again. So, um, I think at that time I was really like, what do I want to prioritize my career? Because I also knew coming out of college, you're, 
you need to have a reel. That's essentially your resume if you want to get a job. And I had nothing at the time. And I was, I'm always anxious. So I was like, oh my God, I'm a sophomore. I have nothing. Like I need to get going. And I think it was just a little bit of that. Also, like being as being a division one athlete's not easy. The the four or five hour practices, you know, the the six a.m. lifts and conditioning were really catching up to me. And the traveling, I was traveling. I think I'll always say softball is one of the toughest sports when you're traveling in the spring it's too cold to play here for, for the entirety of the spring. So you're down in Florida, Texas, wherever for like two months out of the year. And then you come up and then you're traveling all over in the Mac. And, um, you know, when I would tell my professors, Hey, I'm out Thursday to Sunday, uh, I have to miss class again every week. It was really tough. Um, so I think to me, it was just in the end, I really wanted to prioritize my career. And it was so hard because again, I, I, I did not envision my college career going the way that it did, um, but it had to happen. So all, all good things come to an end eventually. And I don't regret my decision at all because I had all those internships after I still lived with my teammates. And today I, I give softball lessons at a local place out in Clarence. So I get to, uh, you know, still have that touch of, of being a softball player and, and getting to have the sport back that I, I played for so long and that I ultimately love. So um yeah, that's that's kind of what I think led into the decision of, of me deciding to hang up my cleats. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I am back here with Sarah Holland, WIVB TV, Channel 4 sports reporter and anchor. 
this is a compliment, okay? This is not an insult whatsoever. So I want to be clear about this. Okay. A lot of people, when they go to school and they decide that they want to get into broadcast journalism, they, they have their internships, they graduate from school, they start at tiny little stations. Usually it's somewhere ways away that the general public doesn't even know about. You know, I just uh, I taped an interview with Dom Tibbetts from, from Channel 7, and he had to work, he worked like in Butte, Montana. That was his first gig, okay? So you're young, fresh out of school, and you, you get hired after at Channel 4. I want you to, to talk about that process, which, by the way, I mean, again, Buffalo is a mid-major market. This isn't a tiny market. I mean, it's not L.A., Chicago, you know, right, Tampa, yeah. but mm -hmm. this also is in Ithaca, or, uh, you know, some other little small town. Talk about that process of how did this come about? How did you get the opportunity to to join Channel 4 yeah. for what's becoming your career now? Yeah, so I still remember it so clear. Um, it was December. I was on winter break. I just graduated college a semester early. So I graduated in the winter. And um, I was working my 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 part-time job at Lululemon back home in Virginia. And mm -hmm. Heather Prusak, I had like I got out of work and Heather Prusak had called me a couple of times. And I was like, why is Heather calling me? And she was like, hey, like I think there might be an opening in our sports department. You should, you know, give our news director a call. So I did, and you know, they were like, we'd love to have you, you know, come in, maybe do a, a temporary, see how it works out. And then, you know, if all things you know, go well, we can um, move forward in the process. So it was so awesome. Um, it was a dream come true. I remember that day rushing home from work and telling my parents and I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm going to have this awesome opportunity. And they were so excited because I had like two months left on my, my college apartment lease. And I was like, what am I going to do? Am I going to move back home? Um, you know, and I started applying for jobs and I, and I 100 percent expected to go to a small town and that's where I was just going to start my career. Um, but I think everything just, it fell into my lap so perfectly. And I'll be so grateful for the opportunity that channel four gave me because again, I was, a, I was fresh out of college and I think it really helped that I interned there because they knew of me and Heather was so great and, and sort of facilitating that and pushing my name out there. So I'll always be grateful for, for Heather and what she did. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was so surreal, like coming out of college and, and getting to cover the Sabres and the Bills at like right outside of college. It was a dream come true. Um, in my first week, I'll never forget. I was on I was on alone anchoring on that Saturday. I started on Monday and I was kind of freaking out. But the whole entire you know sports department, even behind the scenes, Mike, our producer, Scotty, our photographer, Josh and Heather all helped me and they they set me up for success that first week. So yeah, again, it was it was surreal. I can't believe I've already been there for a year because it's just flown by. Um, but yeah, it was it was one of the greatest things I think that uh happened to me in a while. And you and you said you met Heather during your internship? Yep. Mm -hmm. You so you you're living proof right there, folks. Young people who might be watching and listening to this show out when uh, how important a, yeah. a good internship could turn yeah. out to be for you when you're pursuing something. And yet to your point, again, you know, a lot of people, they start out in the business and they're covering a high school beat or, you know, some small teams you're here and kind of thrown into the fire a little bit. You're, oh, yeah. you're covering the Buffalo bills. You're mm -hmm. covering the Buffalo Sabres, uh, which again, it, it's kind of cool too, that you actually, I'm sure, I mean, you like doing covering both teams, but you're a hockey girl. You know, yeah. first oh, and yeah. foremost. So yeah. that'd be really cool. Like your first career job is covering an NHL team. That's that's oh. pretty wild for someone who grew up a hockey fan. 
Yeah, 100%. I remember just getting to go to the first Sabres game that I covered the first practice. And I was a little starstruck because I was like, wow, this is something I had dreamed of my entire life. I remember when the Caps came and played, like, I just had to like walk right past Alex Ovechkin. Like it was nothing. Like I was like, okay, we got to be a, you know, responsible journalist. But it was just so great because I could feel you know, the little girl that was so excited about sports, about hockey, especially. And I was like, wow, this is really coming true. And yeah, no, everyone on the Sabres, so great to talk to. They were, you know, just such a great group of people that I think made my my first experience covering an NHL team so awesome. Talk about not being a fan of the team. A lot of people who might be in Buffalo, you'll grow up and it's natural. I'm wrong with it a Sabres fan or a Bills fan. And then you get put into this career and now it's a professional thing. You have to remove the fandom and do your job objectively. A little bit easier when you come to a market where you're not, you didn't grow up a fan of the team. So you don't really have that emotional connection and you can truly report on the good, the bad, the ugly of the team without Mm -hmm. any emotional ties to it. Yeah, no, definitely. I think if I was maybe starting in in DC, it'd be a little bit tougher, right? Removing all the the fandom that I grew up watching, the reason why I love sports and the reason why honestly I'm doing what I, I do today. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, my mom grew up, my parent, my mom's side of the family were big Bills and Sabres fans, but I will say it was a little bit easier because I didn't have that emotional connection to them. But um, I mean, when you're covering a team, like I always say, I, I root for my story. What's going to look the best for me? What's going to be the most fun to report on, right? I love covering winning teams. So it's not necessarily I, I want the Sabres to win because they're the Sabres, but I want to I want to cover a winning team. So, um, yeah, I think a little bit of, of that goes in. And, you know, when I started, obviously, the spring looked a lot different for them last year, just considering where they finished. And that was exciting getting to cover, you know, maybe that little that little push towards the playoffs. Were they going to break, you know, the drought or, or not? But um, yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's a little bit easier for me as someone that, you know, hasn't grown up in Buffalo, um, you know, and not being a Sabres or, or Bills fan. And I'll tell you right now, I've talked to so many sports journalists. I'm not saying they're lying. Like you could not root for the team to win as a, you don't have to be a fan of the team, but make no mistake about it. You want the team to play well because just it makes your job, it probably makes your life easier. You know, if you're going into, uh, you're going to the Key Bank Center and you're going to talk to Tage Thompson, it's a lot easier to talk to him when the team's playing well and he's putting the puck in the net as opposed to, hey, Tage, you've scored one goal in the last 11 games. You know, you've lost seven out of eight. You're going to be ownery. You know, he's, he's not going to want to talk. He's not going to want to, he's not going to give you anything. So, you know, when people say that doesn't matter, I don't believe it. I, I, I do think it matters. So, yeah, anyway. no. Yeah, no, totally. Covering a winning team is so much more fun. Sure. Talk yeah. about in the year that you've been here, obviously, what you know, you you've talked about Josh and Heather, but just your colleagues, your peers in the media, whether it's TV, other TV people, whether it's print people, you know, people like Matt Perino, you know, uh that cover the bills and stuff like that. The the relationships in Buffalo, like it seems like a relatively tight knit community the the sports media community not and i'm not saying everybody's bffs but yeah. people get along well generally respectful for each other and and kind to each other that kind of means a lot in a market like this yeah no 100 i mean my first day i remember coming to sabers and so many people came up and introduced me uh introduced themselves to me and they were so welcoming even today like um i sit you know when i go to sabers i sit right next to spectrums uh rachel hotmeyer and um wgr's 
Paul Hamilton, right? So I have, you know, two very, um, you know, obviously Paul's been here forever and Rachel's been here for a few years now. So um, it's great. You know, I feel like everyone that I've talked to, uh, you mentioned you had Dom on, I love Dom. Um, Lindsay Moppert and I have grown really close because of, of channel two, because she's, um, you know, around the same age as me. So we've been able to connect and just sort of, you know, go through this together. So there's so many great people outside of just channel four. Um, and again, you see them all the time at practice, at games, whatnot. And um, they've been great. So definitely a lot of, you know, relationships just outside of, of the people that I work with. You mentioned Rachel. Rachel's crazy, man. I, I love, I love Rachel. I had a, uh, we did an episode. It was, it was her and Joe Yurd and both of them were with me at a yeah. Imperial. Mm -hmm. We did a live show at Imperial Pizza and I've done 700 some shows now, uh, Sarah, and I've done probably at least four or five dozen live and mm -hmm. never once ever did I have a technical issue with the show live until I was with Rachel and Joe, a little four-year-old girl did it twice, sat near a table where the extension uh, cord was plugged in and intentionally ripped it out. Like five minutes into the show, which oh, no. the power was out. So there goes the camera, there goes the mixer, there goes the mics, oh. and we had to restart the show. And this was a live stream, and we had to restart it twice. When I finally went up to the woman, you know, the, the mother of the child, I'm like, come on, man, get your kid. Yeah. Stop doing that. But Rachel got a good laugh out of that. But anyway, yeah, yeah. she's really cool. <laughs> uh, talk about before we get, we're gonna get to the fun fact finale in just a couple minutes here. Talk about social media, okay? Because to me, it's like a, a double edged sword. You need social media. It's beneficial, especially for someone like you in your career. You know, mm -hmm. when you put something out, it's instant. Thousands of people are going to see what you're talking about, what you're doing instantly. There's a lot of benefits to it. It's a great way to develop contacts. I mean, you literally talked a little while ago about reaching out to Matt Perino um, via Twitter, and that kind of helps set you up with, with an internship ultimately. But so there's a lot of good to it, but there's also a lot of ugly shit, you know, a lot of nasty people, a lot of trolls, a lot of attention seekers, people who just want to say dumb things to you to, to get your attention. And I would imagine, and I've talked to other women in sports that it could even be worse. You know, you just, people assume, you know, a pretty face who doesn't know anything about sports, stuff yeah. like that. Like how to talk about being able to, what, what's your take on social media and the balance between like good and bad? Yeah. So honestly, I remember, and this is why, you know, Heather has, again, played such a big role. She kind of took me in and took me under her wing and, you know, exposed me to all of that stuff. Right. And said, this is what you should expect to happen now that you're, you know, reporting here, you're, you're, you know, you're anchoring a couple of days a week. Right. So I do my best to ignore it. Um, I really don't read a lot of like any DMS or private messages that I get and, or honestly replies. And, I just know a lot of the times, like when someone does tweet me something like that, it's like a cartoon is their, is their character profile picture, or it's like a blank, you know, it's a black screen. Right. So I just do my best to, to push it out of my head as best as I can. I think that's the only thing that you can do quite honestly, um, because you just can't let it get to you. And again, Heather has sort of been like my big sister in this. Um, and she's always helped me if, if, if I ever did, I don't think I ever have gone to her saying that, you know, some things made me uncomfortable, but I'm sure she'd be right there behind my back. So um, I think it's just that, like, you know, everyone receives it in the media, unfortunately, especially maybe it's heightened with women. So um, yeah, I guess it's just pushing it out, not reading it um, and doing my best to, to ignore any of it. And uh, you know, 
there's still there's always going to be a long way to go but women in sports media in buffalo has come a long way and it's very well more represented now than ever you know yourself and heather at channel four we might we talked about rachel a uh, Catherine mm -hmm. fitzgerald covers the buffalo bills lana getzenberg covers the bills mm -hmm. for espn again still got work to do but it's just it's more represented and i'm glad to see that you are uh, a part of this Thank there's you. or people again young people and you're a young person and you're just getting your career going right now which again i you know i, I maybe 10, 15 years from now, God willing, I'll be able to look back at this and be like, oh, this is Sarah Holland, her first <laughs> two years in, in the industry. This this was awesome. But there's going to be some some young people who already probably are looking up to you like some some teenage girls. I mean, you don't forget girls, teenagers, boys, girls, no matter whoever it is, it sees what you're doing right now. Like, what would be your advice for somebody who's maybe they're sitting in high school and they're like, you know what? I want to be behind the camera someday. Or yeah, honestly. Honestly, I always say when I get to talk with college students um, and it, it's always a shock, right? Like half the time I'm the same age as our interns, right? So it, it's really funny, but I'll just tell them like, look, put yourself out there. That's what I did. I think I sent over 250 emails um, to people that were established in the industry, smaller reporters, and I would send them my reel and I would say, hey, would you would you take a look at it and provide me with any feedback? Um, you know, Maddie Glab, I remember reaching out to her in high school. She helped me um, and gave me some pointers with my reel. Um, I had people in the in the DC market that helped me all over, all over NHL network, um, NFL network. Like I remember and half the time I wouldn't get a response and that's OK. Right. Um, and I think I, I made a lot of my connections with just reaching out to people and being like, hey, I'm a college student. I would love if you could take a look at my reel. Could you provide me with any feedback? A lot of times they would want to hop on a hop on a Zoom call. Um, I remember in, in high school or high school and college, I talked with Matt Bovey on the phone when I was a college student. He gave me um, advice about the industry. Jenna Cottrell in, uh, in Rochester, um, Jenna Harner, who's in, in Pittsburgh, but was at Channel yeah. 4 um, and it had my position. So literally I talked with so many people and they gave me advice all throughout college, which was great. Um, so I just say like, you know, your first reel, it's gonna be shot on your iPhone. It's not gonna be great quality. The mic might not even work half the time, but just go put yourself out there. It's like the only way for you to ever get comfortable on camera, the reps, and just just again, reaching out to people and don't be afraid if, if you don't get a response um, because half the time I'm sure they're they're busy. They don't they don't see it, right? So um, I always just tell college students to to really don't be afraid to to put yourself out there. When I DM Matt Perino, like who would have who would have known what my career would have looked like without that DM to Matt? So um, just just simple things like that. I tell you that that's great advice, by the way. And I used to get asked that all the time too. This, you're right. Just put yourself out there. Like I've had Sarah on this show. Like I, I've had Adam Schefter's been on the show. Josina Andrews. Some of these people are like, well, how'd you greet these people? No inside connection. I put myself out there. You know, I mean, I reached out to them, showed them a couple clips, whatever. And then ultimately they would, uh, they would do the show. One last thing that I want to get to the finale, because have you, I got to ask you this. If you always been a good public speaker, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading the room wrong, but, <laughs> but my, my gut tells me, my sense tells me that this is just something that you're naturally really good at. Is this natural for you? Just public speaking like this? I don't know. My parents said I've always loved to talk, right? Like I could never be quiet. I just talk, talk, talk. My parents called me like Jabberjaw when I was younger. That was my nickname because I just never stopped. And then I remember actually in college, I think it was my freshman or sophomore year taking a public speaking class and I was so nervous. But 
again, my professor let us talk about whatever. And I think all of my speeches were about this, about the Washington Capitals or sports or whatever. And I think when I'm talking about something that I'm passionate about, in this case, my career sports, um, helping other, you know, women in this industry, what it, you know, whatever it is, honestly, um, I think that it's just natural. So, um, but definitely in high school, I was, I was quiet. I was not outspoken at all. I think as I gained more confidence, um, doing what I do, I think that's when I just became a little bit more natural, um, with speaking. Well, you're really good at it. Let's get to the, the fun fact finale. I do this when I have an opportunity to have a first time guest okay. and ask you some random questions. Not, a, not, not like deep dog questions, kind of like sort of rapid fire style, whatever comes to your mind. Uh, I want to start, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I'm going to ask you your favorite all-time athlete. However, I already know it's Ovechkin, so you can't say yeah. him. So you got to come up with someone else. So let me rephrase it. Who's your favorite all-time athlete that's not named Ovechkin? Okay, that's not named Alex Ovechkin. Um, I'm going to have to say Cindy Romero. May many people might not know her. She played for Oklahoma softball a couple years. Um, she's great. I think she plays, you know, she went on to play with Team USA. She really shaped how I, how I played softball growing up. So Sydney Romero, definitely one of my all-time favorite athletes outside of Alex Ovechkin. Okay. Go to late night snack. Okay. Um, probably the Trader Joe's soup dumplings. They're always sold out. So please, if you take them, don't take them anymore so I can stock up on them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your favorite place that you've been able to visit? Lake Garda, Italy. I went the summer of 2018. It was beautiful. Wow. You've been to Italy. My, my dad was in the, he grew up um, in the military. So he's lived all over the place and they went, he took me back to where they used to, you know, vacation um, when he was, when his dad was stationed in Italy, in Italy. and there's this beautiful, it's called Lake Garda. It's a small lake, um, super close to Lake Como, but beautiful. Wow. Way cool. Um, yeah. Your first celebrity crush that you can remember. Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> I was the girl with all over my wall. Yep. Yep. Uh, give everybody a fun fact about you that most people probably would not know. Oh gosh. Okay. So, I mean, usually I say I played softball for two years at UB. Um, but obviously most people know that I, I don't even, I don't even know of another fun fact. Um, oof. Yeah. I mean, it was always Played softball for two years. Um, I will say this doesn't really have to do with me, but my mother obviously went to UNC. She danced with Michael Jordan a couple times at a bar. And I was always like, mom, that's my claim to fame. That's what I'm using from now on. So um, she was a lifeguard there. And Michael Jordan said that he remembered her from the, from the clubhouse. Oh. So I'm like, mom, that's what I'm telling people from now that you, that, you know, you, you dance with Michael Jordan at a bar at UNC. <laughs> that is awesome. That's right? a perfect fun fact. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, what is a movie that you've probably have rewatched more than any other? The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan. That was my favorite movie growing up. So probably that's probably an easy one for me. Okay. Call yourself out here. What's a, what, what's a, what's a bad habit that uh, Sarah Holland has? Oh, scrolling on TikTok. I need to, I need to get, <laughs> I need to delete it. Uh, listen, you're preaching the choir there. That is yep. like one of my biggest weaknesses too. I lay in bed at night and uh, nights I don't go on TikTok. I can get to sleep relatively quick. If I yep. go down that rabbit hole on TikTok, forget about it. I'm up at least two, two and a half hours uh, at yep. the end of the night. Um, all right, let's say we're somewhere right now. I don't know where we're at. Coles or Goodbar, somewhere on the Elmwood Strip. Okay. Having okay. a drink. They got karaoke going on. And I'm like, 
Well, Sarah, I want you to get up there. And I don't know if you're a good singer, if you're the worst singer that's ever lived. But in this world, you're actually, at least in your own mind, you're a good singer. You're an entertainer. You're going to get up on stage. What are you going to sing that's going to have the crowd excited? Okay. So, yeah, before they all hear my voice and want to leave, um, probably any Justin Bieber song would be an easy answer. So I'm going to go with Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. I could okay. I could nail that. Okay. You can yeah. nail it? In your yeah. mind, you can nail it, or can you really nail it? I can nail it out loud, but I'm sure no one else would want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, um, all right, so in the sports media, I don't even know if, I'm, I'm sure you've had a chance to meet him. I, I told Dom this when we taped our interview as well. I don't know if you know this. Sal Capaccio is actually a really good singer. He's a great oh, really? karaoke singer. He's got those old Italian-style crooner songs. I need to hear it from Sal. So. Yeah, next time you see him, make sure you ask him. Yeah. All right, two more here. If being in this career wasn't going to work out for you, and you're like, you know what, I just, I don't have it. This, this is not what I'm want to do anymore, you know, whatever. What do you think you may be doing with your life? There's so many things I go back and forth on. I feel like I could, I could live a million different lives, but um, I would honestly, I would love to like maybe get into real estate. I've always loved looking at houses. Um, or interior design. I love like that's where I spend all my money. I go to Home Goods and I'm like, oh, I need this for my apartment. Like I don't need it, but um, yeah, probably something in that realm. What what area, by the way? Um, side sidebar here. What what area, Western New York, are you living in right now? Are you in the city? Northtown, so Williamsville, Clarence area. Okay, good. So you're one of the very few people who actually don't live in the Elmwood Village or yeah, the no, city I that works in the sports media, like almost everybody does. Yep, um, nope. All right. Last, last question here. Um, this is one of my favorites. I always ask this three celebrity dinner guests to come to your apartment, have a couple drinks, a, a nice meal, dead or alive, any era for whatever reason, maybe the funny sentimental reasons, whatever it may be, you can have three with you at your table. Who you got? Adam Sandler. I Good feel one. like that's just obvious. Freddie Mercury big queen fan. I feel like it'd be so great to get to talk to him. And then I've been, I've been binge watching the crown lately and I don't know why, but the, the, the first person that came to my mind after those two was queen Elizabeth. <laughs> okay. So, random, but I'm like, Hey, I've been watching the crown. Like it's nobody's business, nobody's business. And I'm like, that would be awesome to get to sit down with her. So I think those would be my three pretty weird group, but uh, yeah, yeah, I like it though. I like it. All right. So, so we're done here. I got to say something though. I'm going to tell you now I've, you know, I watch the local news here. I live in Buffalo again. I lived in Florida for five years. I'm back here for good. I see you on TV from time to time. And you know, that's 60, 90 second, you know, hits from wherever, sometimes in the studio and stuff for a couple minutes. And this is the thing about TV anchors and reporters. Your, your job is tough in a way because you only get a certain amount of time to right. tell whatever stories that you're going to tell. And that always had me wondering, you know, just why I said 22, but even 23 years old, how is somebody already entrenched in the, the mainstream media on the TV side in this market? And 46, 47 minutes later, I get it now. I get it. I, I do. I get it, man. You are, you're really talented. You're engaging. This was a, a really fun conversation. I got to know a lot about you and I hopefully people watching or, or listening do, but I get it now. I, I really do. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys. And make sure you follow Sarah on Twitter at Sarah with two A's. Yes. Sarah Holland. Uh, check mm -hmm. out her great work at WIVB TV channel four in Buffalo. Thanks very much, Sarah.
Thank you. All right, guys. And I will be back with another episode tomorrow. Talk to you then.